in your corner, saving one investor at a time, working for clients, not companies, all while bullyproofing portfolios, totally committed to sharing academic truths about investing, always representing Main Street and not Wall Street. It's your sound money team, and this is the Sound Money Investment Show with Brown Financial Advisors. Hello and welcome to the Sound Money Investment Show with Brown Financial Advisors. I'm Greg Brown. And I'm James Forth, and we are a registered investment advisory firm. We are independent. We do work for clients and not companies. To receive your complimentary and personalized financial income plan, give us a call, 513-575-9654. Perhaps you're seeking advice on maybe an old 401k, 403b, some type of employer-sponsored plan, perhaps even an NUA analysis, Here's the point about all this. If you're no longer with the company, then as a rule, your money shouldn't be there either. So we can help you take control, roll that out, whether whether that be into a tax-neutral IRA. Give us a call, 513-575-9654. Visit our website, brownfinancialadvisors.com. Email, share your thoughts to team at brownfinancialadvisors.com. Our home office is in Milford, but we also have locations in Blue Ash, Westchester, and Florence. Greg? Well, let's see what we're going to do today. We're going to discuss six common misconceptions about retirement. So avoiding you know, common misconceptions and bias that could impact your golden years might be a good idea. You know, planning for major life events, it can be exciting and it can be stressful. So some of the events may include, let's see, what uh, big wedding days, having a baby, a child, starting a new job, getting your first home, getting a second home, getting any home particularly with interest rates and low inventory. That's stressful just thinking about it. Uh, retirement, mm-hmm, and specifically retirement, maybe even setting up that next family vacation where you try to coordinate everyone, and it seems like you're trying to herd cats. I believe I've heard that said before. Now, all the events, whatever they are, they should require some deep thought and some thorough planning process. But uh, we've seen this statistic more than once, James. Oh, there's that word. There it is, where people spend more time planning on their next vacation or planning for it than their actual retirement. Kind of strikes close to home if you're not careful. But anyway, as you try to go about these processes, well, enjoy them. Take time. Um, this, And you can do that with everything in life, including this process of retirement. So seeking the help of, let's say, professionals, you get them for wedding planning process, right? The wedding planner. I think there's a movie, Jennifer Lopez, um, maybe some travel agents helping you with the, the big plans, big trips, whatever it is, there's always those that also choose to DIY, do-it-yourself approach. Well, we don't recommend that for retirement, but regardless of the type of person you are, it's important to always plan properly so you can be successful. And we like to say successful on purpose. So today, bringing this kind of together, we want to discuss the important aspects of retirement planning in particular and how to avoid these common misconceptions, behavioral biases. You'd be amazed how destructive uh, or beneficial the proper behavior versus improper behavior. There's something called investor behavior. We get a report every year from a group called Dalbar. It's very revealing over what uh, our individual behaviors do to obstruct the process of our own success. You've heard that, that phrase, don't be your own worst enemy. So much is true about behavior or misbehavior. And speaking of the misses, misconceptions are very common in every area of life. I didn't mean those misses, and especially when it comes to this subject in retirement. But your golden years should be the best years of your life. So we want to be clear 
and clear this air and make you hopefully more understanding of the next phase of your financial life. All right. So let's get to the thought-provoking questions that tie into today's show. So as whether it's the individual me, the collective we, as we get older, closer to retirement, should we start maybe automatically de-risking? That means investing predominantly in bonds. Well, that's one approach. But another approach would be, is that really how you feel about investments? Do you feel like just because you got one year older, you want to drive one mile an hour slower on the interstate? You want to get one degree more, I'd say, conservative in your investments? If that's how you feel, then perhaps that's what you should do. But if you don't feel like you should be more conservative in your investments, then maybe don't become more conservative. And are there bond replacement strategies or bond alternatives as far as just simply going from stocks or equities into bonds? We will discuss later in this show. What are some financial vehicles that maybe I should consider to help avoid market volatility? Well, avoid or to mitigate, to control, to downsize, or to maybe just simply make yourself feel better about the market volatility. How much are you able to stomach or to stand? You know, once again, this is as we get older, sometimes we become, we become less tolerant of these types of things. So it doesn't mean that the market volatility is any better or any worse than it was maybe same time last year. just means your tolerance has become a little bit less than it was same time last year. What kind of income strategy should we have if there's not a pension? You know, this is, this is maybe the concept of if I don't have a reliable source of income, well, reliable is kind of the, the perception versus the reality. Is Social Security reliable? We'd say, yes, it is, and it'll be there same time next year. It's going to be there in five years. It's going to be there in 10 years, probably going to be there in 15 or 20 years. You hear the scaremongering about, well, if Congress does nothing, it's going to go bankrupt. Well, that's like saying if Congress stops raising taxes, yeah, it's going to go bankrupt. What's the likelihood of Congress stopping on the raising of the taxes? They have a perfect 40 no record is the point. Now, what should we prioritize when it comes to tax status? Tax status means are you looking at qualified versus non-qualified in your investment accounts? And this is another segue into are we referring to your contribution phase versus your distribution phase? So people who are still working, still contributing to those employer plans at work, are you looking at contributing to traditional? Are you looking at uh, the Roth? When it comes to the distribution phase, again, are you looking at taking it from your traditional accounts or taking it from your Roth accounts? You know, all has to do with a tax plan, which is also part of your overall retirement plan. What a concept, right? What is behavioral finance? What is investor perception and why does it matter? What exactly does it mean to have a bias that affects your money, your nest egg, your investments? What strategies can a good professional, a financial professional at that, use to help you avoid or at least to control these behavioral biases? Why don't more financial advisors talk about this side of investing, right? What should I look for when choosing the right professional, financial professional for me, for we, for us? Greg, any thoughts? Oh, yes, so many. Excuse me. You you covered so many uh, thought-provoking areas. When I think about which financial vehicles to avoid market volatility, well, how much volatility are you in for? Um, How much risk can you stomach? If you're into very little to none, then fully insured investments that insure against any downside exposure with some of the upside, none of the downside might be the ticket for you on some part of your money. 
What kind of income strategy? Well, if you don't have a pension, many people don't. Why not? You can have a pension. What? My company doesn't offer a pension. How can I have a pension? We can create a self-funded pension. We can help you develop your own private pension within your own private financial plan so that when you reach whatever retirement age and you want to turn on some income, you can turn it on like a pension. It'll pay monthly. It'll pay guaranteed. It will pay as long as you will. It would like to say you have a paycheck as long as you have a pulse. You can set it up as a joint benefit too. So you have a survivor's benefit just like a pension. So if you don't have a pension, you'd like to have a pension. Then there's no excuse for you not to have what you'd like to have because we can help you have that. And I was just thinking um, an underbilled um, label for us as a is a one of the service offerings. You might consider us your private pension experts because we can help you develop that. How important is that? Why am I beating that horse? Cash flow in retirement's everything. Do you want to go to the mailbox and hope there's a check for you, or do you want to know that there's a check in your checking account every month, like a paycheck, like a pension check, like an extra Social Security check, to give you the cash flow to make it through each month of your financial life throughout retirement? I would say yes to that if that were actually phrased as a question. And what is behavior finance versus investor perception? They seem to be uh, a party of two that dance the night away. Your perception, quote unquote, your reality, and does it affect your behavior? For most of us, it sure does. So do we need to manage that? That is proven statistically and scientifically to be a major area of control, coaching, discipline, instruction, and having a roadmap, having a plan lays down the groundwork for us to refer to when everything gets crazy. We just kind of refer back to that, get grounded, feel better, be okay, breathe and stay focused and stay on track. And again, victory on purpose, success on purpose. So where do these types of strategies come from? Not just a good financial professional, but a holistic one, one who can help in all areas of tax investments, um, legacy, income planning, social security maximization, pension maximization, all the decisions that affect you financially uh, gosh, just the, even insurance and tax preparation, tax advisory, all of that in one place right here. And again, you might consider us the Mayo Clinic of Financial Services because that's what we want to be for you and yours. So just, yes, yeah, so there's some thoughts about your thoughts. Yeah, a reminder about the taxes. It doesn't have to be just a one-time, sometime in the springtime, let's just simply do the tax preparation of what happened last year. Let's do some prospective tax planning. What's happening this year? What's going to happen in future years? You know, those, that's part of the overall planning process. It doesn't mean we're recording history. It might mean that we're making history. There you go. There's more. There's much more. Our phone number at the office, 513-575-9654. Again, 513-575-9654. Call us. We can help. And stay tuned. You're listening to the Sound Money Investment Show with Brown Financial Advisors here on 55KRC. Detox Station. Opinions expressed are solely those of Brown Financial Advisors and should not be interpreted as specific advice. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified investment advisors prior to implementation. Market-based investments involve risk and past performance is no guarantee of future results. Insurance-based investments offer guarantees based upon the claims-paying ability of the issuing company. All insurance, tax, and mortgage services are offered through Brown Insurance and Tax Advisors. LLC. Brown Financial Advisors and Brown Insurance and Tax Advisors are affiliated companies and may only transact business in those states in which registered or were otherwise legally permitted. 
Welcome back to the Sound Money Investment Show with Brown Financial Advisors. I'm Greg Brown. And I'm James Worth, and we are an independent registered investment advisory firm. We do work for clients, not companies. That's Main Street and not Wall Street. Our phone number at the office, 513-575-9654. Website, brownfinancialadvisors.com. Email, share your thoughts to team at brownfinancialadvisors.com. Our home office is in Milford, but we also have locations in Blue Ash, Westchester, and Florence. Greg? Well, six common misconceptions about retirement, how to avoid them, and uh, the impact that might be negative on your golden years. You know, as people, we're always going to assume something. Things uh, uh, carry different assumptions for different areas of life, whether it's, well, what movie are we going to see, or what are we having for dinner, or, hey, what assumptions and variables are involved in uh, building a new home? How about when it comes to finances? How about when it comes to retirement? And the assumptions and misconceptions, well, they can be damaging, uh, particularly if they're, they're involved in the most important decisions. And to make the decisions by assumption, uh, perhaps through past behaviors, uh, maybe even involving perceptions of a subject that you may or may not be as informed in and on as other areas of life. Uh, but having all the facts in line before you make a decision, very important. We believe people make great decisions given good information. And in our process of reviewing all that you have, uh, the investments you have, the risk levels you should be taking, um, the spreads, fees, margins, and loads inside the investments you're currently holding, um, what you've teed up and lined up with in your 401k, we look over your shoulder and make sure that you have a good selection for that, all according to an overall plan. And assessing these things, we'll be able to tell exactly where you are versus where you're going and help you get there. So good information leads to good decisions. That way we can avoid misconceptions. We can avoid certain assumptions that may be false assumptions. So in a world where there's an endless amount of misconceptions, we can at least eliminate or reduce dramatically how it affects retirement and financial planning. So we're going to jump through you know, some hand-selected important ones, if you will. We've, uh, we've, we picked on six. James? Well, the jump into conclusions is also part of the, well, is it really the right type of fit? Yes, there's good investments, there's bad investments. There's good annuities, there's bad annuities. There's good ways to invest as far as bonds. There's you know bond funds, bond individually, or equities individually, or funds when it comes to equities. There's mutual funds versus exchange-traded funds. So when it comes to your investments overall, yes, part of our job is to help educate, to inform, maybe also to explain exactly what you're invested in, why you're invested in it. So help to maybe understand whether this is really a good fit or the right fit when it comes to your investment portfolio. So it doesn't mean necessarily that everyone should have annuities, for example. It just means when it comes to something like an annuity, this is maybe the misperception of, well, annuities are just, we lump them all together. It's just simply they're all the same. When they're certainly, it's like everything but that. So when you we look at annuities, and yes, we like to separate or differentiate between the fixed or the family of fixed annuities versus variable annuities. Variable annuities, by and large, not a fan. I would say the 99% of the variable annuities give the other 1% a bad name. By and large, you should not be in a variable annuity. And if you are, then that's a reason to call us and find a way, a maybe a, a, perhaps a better way to invest instead of that. 
So Greg can cover that in more detail a little bit later on in the show, but the variable annuities are the ones you really need to steer clear of or watch out for and at least know a little bit more, get educated about exactly what you're paying for to see if that really is what you want to do. So when we usually when we talk with prospective clients and ask them, you know, why their money is invested where it is, including and especially with the variable annuities, one of the most common responses is because that's where their financial advisor, or at least their previous financial advisor, told them to invest. They don't really know how to explain or even why their money is invested the way it is. And that's really, maybe I'd say the root of the problem is they, they didn't understand what they're investing in and why they were investing in it. So yes, part of our job, part of our responsibility is to inform, to educate about these different types of misconceptions and to steer clear of those things. Yeah, when I, when I hear you just even mention the word annuities, I can tell you a lot of people cringe at just that word. And there are a lot of inputs in their life which lead to false assumptions and outright misconceptions. There are good annuities. There are very good annuities that could be used improperly that would seem like bad annuities. And then there are good annuities used for the right purpose that are irreplaceable by any other financial tool. They'll do specifically what the job needs. And that needs to be identified in a process. Now, why are there misconceptions? Well, for example, you said um, a financial advisor, your past or previous financial advisor may have recommended a variable annuity. Well, that they may not be all that much of a financial advisor because knowing the difference in sources of financial information can help educate you and keep you from misconceptions. Insurance agents sell things. They get commissions. The more they sell, the more they get paid. Um, financial advisors, so-called, that are not financial fiduciaries that use a best interest contract, like brokers, register reps, they work for the brokerage firms, all of them that you know by name, um, those are not financial fiduciaries. So you'll find banks and registered reps from financial platforms and brokerages um, present to you variable annuities with 3 to 5% annual cost and internal costs inside the funds and just just a variety of issues. And that's where they come from, a poor source of advice, one that's not looking out for you, one that doesn't have an interest, a, um, well, the fiduciary standard to put your interest first. And then when I think about uh, batching together, making saying, let's say all annuities sound bad to you. Well, there's a fellow, I mean, I'll just call him out because he's so out there. Uh, Ken Fisher, Fisher Investments. You'll get a barrage of information. Number one, they're only targeting people with $500,000 and above to invest. If you don't have $500,000 or more, you don't matter. Okay. You're, you're, you know, you're an underling. You don't matter. So number one, that's a bit insulting. If you're out in a mission in life to help people financially, you should help people have a need to be helped financially. We're willing to help anyone who's willing to be helped. Okay. That's number one that kind of rubs me wrong. And I believe it should you too. Uh, number two, he calls out all annuities as being bad. If you have an annuity, he just leaves you with this stench. Like you feel dirty and need to take extensive showers just because you might have an annuity or you might be interested in one, what's the goal? That you'll flip the annuity into a market account, or you'll come see them and avoid buying an annuity of any kind so that you can have a market investment with them. Now, why would they do that? Well, like brokerage firms, that's their model. That's what works for them. may not work for you, but works really well for them. What do I mean? Well, they want you in a market investment all the time, so you'll pay fees until you either die or fire them. And some of these groups, including that one, is pretty clever. They'll, quote-unquote, buy you out of that bad annuity by 
paying your surrender charge for you. Well, not really. They reduce the fees long enough to cover the surrender charge. And oh, by the way, also, if you don't like their investments and you try to pull away from them, they'll claw back and charge you for everything they ever subsidized in reducing your fee. And it'll be due and payable the day you try to find the exit door or the doorknob. So be careful. We can help you with so many things, things you don't even know that you don't know about because this is what we do is you surely and certainly do what you do each day too. So misconceptions about retirement savings. Um, all that your retirement savings, quote unquote, should be in qualified plans. Qualified versus non-qualified. Qualified, just real quick. They're qualified, qualifies for special tax treatment like tax deferral. Pay taxes later, not today. 401ks, IRAs, 403bs, all have that in common. They're funded with pre-tax money. Hasn't been taxed yet. When does it get taxed? Later when you take it out. Every dollar that comes out is treated as income. So the old saying is, if you were a farmer, would you rather pay taxes on the seed or on the harvest? Well, unfortunately, unfortunately, you're, we're all trapped in IRAs and 401ks to pay on the harvest. The larger, more bountiful result, the largest amount will get hit with all the taxable amount. So if there are ways we can pay taxes now, not later, and just settle up with Uncle Sam and get that miserable relationship out of the way, the better. So retirement savings, not all retirement should be in qualified plans, such as IRAs, 401ks, 403bs. That's the misconception. There are employer-sponsored plans, qualified retirement plans, like those 401ks, 403bs, traditional and Roth profit-sharing, defined benefit pension plans, et cetera. And there are individually owned qualified retirement plans, such as just your old traditional IRA, uh, SEPs, simple IRAs. You may be familiar with those, more of a self-employment or through the business environment type IRA, and Roth IRAs. Out of all those, Roth is the only tax-free. You've settled up with Uncle Sam up front. You've paid your taxes on the seed, so the harvest is yours to keep. May it be bountifully and blessed, right? The term qualified, it means that the plan meets certain IRS qualifications or criteria or requirements to offer certain tax benefits like tax deferral. <laughs> I mean, think about it. What a benefit. It just grows so monstrous later that you're going to own tons of taxes on everything later. And Roth means contributions already been taxed. already mentioned that, so it's, the uh, Roth, you might need to know, subject to a five-year seasoning rule. That means it needs to be in there five years. Uh, as a rule, all retirement plans are subject to a 10% early distribution penalty if you withdraw prior to age 59 and a half. There are exceptions to the rule. It varies accordingly. Uh, factors to consider. How much was employer matching traditional versus Roth? Uh, your factors of age, income level, purpose of money, and overall financial plan helps. But be careful for misconceptions. Oh, yeah. There's more. There's much more. Our phone number, 513-575-9654. Calls we can help. Stay tuned. You're listening to the Sound Money Investment Show with Brown Financial Advisors here on 55KRC. The talk station. Welcome back to the Sound Money Investment Show with Brown Financial Advisors. I'm Greg Brown. And I'm James Borton. We are a registered investment advisory firm. We are independent. We do work for clients and not companies. And it does all start with a plan. That means actually having a plan, knowing what you own and why you own it. So whether you're seeking advice on old 401k, 43 b IRA rollover, investment planning, retirement planning, income planning, tax planning, social security maximization, a Roth conversion analysis, an NUA analysis, and for some, perhaps even an in-service rollover. All those and more we can help, 513-575-9654. Visit our website, brownfinancialadvisors.com. While you're there, if you've missed one of our recent shows, go to the podcast page, and you can listen to On Demand, whatever you want to listen to. 
And there's also many other things to do while you're there in not just the podcast, but maybe register for one of our upcoming dinner seminar workshops, Evenings of Food, Fun, and Finance. Our email, team at brownfinancialadvisors.com. Home office is in Milford, but we also have locations in Blue Ash, Westchester, and Florence, y'all. That's a good point, James. Uh, inviting people in for a complimentary visit. We'll review all that you have, share our recommendations, comprehensive financial plan, income plan, everything you need, and then you'll have good information. We will not hold anything back. Again, no obligation. It's free. And to visit our website and look for that uh, area at the top, the section that says Seminars, just click on that and you'll get uh, a screen that shows you all the upcoming events. And there's a way there for you to just click on and reserve or learn more. And if you are an investor who's looking for solutions, who would like to learn more and then follow up with an opportunity to have at least two meetings together, one is to get all the facts about you on the table. And the second one is a follow-up to show you all the findings, research and analysis and all the planning and recommendations we would like you to consider and then make it all transparent and crystal clear. What would our relationship look like if you chose to to engage in one with us and join us in the journey or agree to disagree and keep us in mind for a later time? But you will walk away well-informed with new information, very helpful. So there is a truth. Now back to consequences and misconceptions. We covered number one. All retirement savings should be in qualified plans like IRAs, 401ks, 403bs. Nope. Only the right amount for the right reason for the right outcome. And that's what we want to educate you more on when we get together. So a second one, James is going to take us through. Well, before we get to that, just a finishing thought on the uh, contributions as far as going into traditional versus Roth. A major factor there, income level and also your age so depending upon how young or how you know close to the finish line you are, maybe it does make sense to contribute more into your Roth accounts. And as far as the argument about doing traditional versus Roth, traditional means take advantage of your tax brackets. So if, you're, if your tax bracket now is going to be a higher rate than what it is during retirement, that's a good reason to put money into traditional. And remember this, it doesn't only have to be an either-or situation. You can do both depending upon your level of funding that you're putting into your, your qualified plans. So qualified reminder there just simply means there are certain qualifications that the government has as far as the tax status of your accounts. Qualified means the government has restrictions of what you put in, when you put it in, what you take out, when you take it out, and how much, and at the others as well. So non-qualified means that you don't have these restrictions or sanctions. So you can have just, you, some might think of it as a regular brokerage account, for example, and a non-tax qualified account that can also serve as an investment account now and a retirement account later, because if you're in retirement, every account is a retirement account. So, and that leads to the second misperception is that retirement is like a finish line. And yes, there is that sense of accomplishment of when you have reached that retirement date. Hopefully it's your choice of when you retire, but when you finally have done that and now it's a it's a brave new world out there. You're retired. And whether it's, I'd say, running an actual race, graduating high school, or for some, graduating from sixth grade, finishing a large project, whatever it may be, what we think of or perceive as reaching the end is what we all strive for. Or if you're doing taxes, April the 15th is one of those dates that we strive for. And it's, again, Focusing on retirement, this is especially true when we're looking forward to that retirement date. So yeah, think about it. Many people first start working in their teens or maybe their early 20s, 
And it's like three, four, five decades that they continue to work until they retire, typically still around the age of 65. Why? Because that's the date usually when people qualify for Medicare. Health insurance is a major reason why people still work until age 65. And it's safe to say that if we're looking back over time, it's an extremely long journey to reach retirement. That's why so many people in their 20s and 30s, it's, it's almost like it seems like another lifetime that they have to reach before they reach that retirement age. And focusing on putting those retirement contributions to work for them, really they don't see the benefit of it because the finish line seems so far away. But as we get closer and closer, it's almost like climbing a mountain. You don't take the exact same steps getting to the top as you would getting back down to the bottom. And that's why it's how we think about retirement should be the same thing. As we get closer, the focus should be more on what you have as far as your nest egg that you stored up that you're still going to be contributing to, perhaps even when we reach that age of 60 or 65, and for some people, even the age of 70. So when you say you got to retirement versus you're likely not the same ones that are get you through retirement, that's what we mean. The steps getting to retirement are different from getting through retirement, and that should be more of your focus. You know, you, you refer uh, kind of directly or indirectly there to mountain climbing, and you have the ascension and then your descent. So if you look this one up, it's just like the day of silly uh, statistics. But statistically, in mountain climbing, the descent is more dangerous and, and hazardous and lethal than the ascent. And so you spend years preparing for retirement, you ascend, you're accumulating, and then you transition into distribution and spending and enjoying, and you're not working anymore. And you think, gosh, that's, that's pretty easy. But no, the descent, the distribution phase is more dangerous. I mean, the simple example is you don't want to outlive your money, right? Well, how do you avoid that? You get some specific help and you have someone that's been down the other side of the mountain many times to be your guide and get you through that phase um, safely. So misconception three, uh, invest more predominantly in bonds as you grow older. Right then and there, this week alone, twice, I've talked to some folks in the first appointment where it's just learning more about them and their perception, or should I say misconception is, invest so much more conservatively now that we're retiring and this old catchphrase that we carry around like a flashcard is just because you retired, don't invest like you died too. Because you, for some of you, even many of you, I mean minimally, what, 10 years in retirement? I don't even want to say that twice. No, 20? How about 30 years? Well, I want to say that all day long. But the fact is two to three decades, two to three decades, okay, constructively unemployed for almost as long as you ever worked. So the traditional way of thinking suggests you grow older, you start de-risking your portfolio, you move out of stocks and more into bonds. Well, last year was one of the third worst years in history for bond results uh, to the tune of like negative 13%. If stock portfolios on average were down 20 and bonds were down 13, that's a really messy year. How well did that work? We need other asset classes, not just bonds, to de-risk and other strategies too. We have strategies like that. We have very good bond alternatives. They're fully insured. So they don't need to go backwards on the bond side of your equation. So bonds are viewed as more conservative investment. So it would make logical sense if that were just completely true and not riddled with misconception. 
As people get older, once they retire, they need to start insulating a bit their portfolio in case of another big downturn, you know, sequence of returns, negative return to the market happening in earlier years of your retirement can affect uh, measurably, even tragically, the projection, the trajectory of all your money and resources. Uh, Bond prices typically move inversely to interest rates. Yes, interest rates go up, bond values go down. So you're getting stuck to where you have to have bonds to a certain maturity to a certain date. So you're kind of stuck in them, locked into them to get the yield that you're after or we're after. There are just better solutions. And um, beyond this, the scope of Wall Street, okay, our investment accounts versus their brokerage accounts, our advice that's holistic and uh, a fiduciary standard versus theirs that puts the company first, okay, in our world, we work for clients, not companies. Just It's almost like it's just flip the coin. And when you do so, one side of the coin actually is better for you. Now, you'll receive your principal back plus a stated yield or interest on a bond once it matures again, so long as they don't default and so long as you hold it for that period. We want shorter holding periods with specific interest rates. We want to trade in and out quite liquid in bonds so we can control kind of the outcome as they start to shift because it's a dynamic world out there for bonds and stocks, and we need to be on our toes. Why investors choose to invest in bonds as they grow older? Why do they? Because that's what you're told. The major inputs in your life from all these sources that are that are really self-adulating sources lead you to. And then how do they, what's the fuel for the tank? As usual, fear. The fear that an alternative would result in large losses. Well, it depends on what that alternative is, right? It always has, always will. It's about balance. So whether to use bonds or not or alternatives is the question. There's more. There's much more. Our phone number at the office, 513-575-9654. Call us we can help. But stay tuned. You're listening to the Sound Money Investment Show with Brown Financial Advisors here on 55KRC. The Talk Station. Welcome back to the Sound Money Investment Show with Brown Financial Advisors. I'm Greg Brown. And I'm James Borton. We are an independent RIA. That's a registered investment advisory firm. We do work for clients, not companies. Our phone number, 513-575-9654. Website, brownfinancialadvisors.com. Email, team at brownfinancialadvisors.com. Our home office is in Milford, but we also have locations in Blue Ash, Westchester, and Florence. Greg? Well, we're going to kind of continue here with the six common misconceptions about retirement. And we're in an area here that's, that's deep and wide, but it can be better defined if we break it down. The big picture, it's behavioral finance. It's behavioral issues relating to investments. It's the problems that are begotten from emotions applied to your investments based on good, bad, and ugly information or misapplied or misinterpreted information. Or as I just saw, you probably saw this too, James, that as many as a third of, of scientific studies are false. <laughs> They're just only a third. So depending on the information you're getting and the, the decisions you're trying to make objectively based on some form of statistical data or input. It's like asking the scientists, which political party are you assigned to? Then that's the outcome, right? Yeah, no doubt. And if you're a scientist and you've worked half a lifetime on some type of hypotheses, by the end of the day, you're probably going to do your best to make the hypothesis someone else's relative truth, even if you have to twist the data a little bit. So do we do that in our own minds as consumer investors when we look at the large on the horizon, the market itself, all the moving parts? We, we sure do. 
And is it influenced by just the simple two primary emotions of fear and greed? Always has, always will. So one of them, to break it down, is uh, affinity bias. Uh, it's a common one. It goes something like this. As we tend to buy stuff or invest in stuff and things based on how we feel personally or about ourselves, our ideals, and what we like versus what we don't care for, that can be an affinity bias. Um, here's an example. An investor they chooses to purchase a stock because they relate or believe in that company's values as it compares to their own self-image. Oh, we see this so often. And, I mean, we're, we're here today on a predominantly conservative worldview talk radio station. Do you not think that carries with it its own form of bias, of affinity? It, sh- it certainly does. But let's take an Apple stock, for example. Throw out all the analysis, all the data on the stock, and focus solely on its values. Apple's fun. It's innovative. It's cutting edge. Whatever, if that's your view and perception. I'm not saying that's ours or mine. But, um, but it's a marketing message, anyway, that's been developed. Whether they actually are or, or not is not all that relevant. The investor buys Apple stock in that example because they want to be perceived in the same light as the product's messaging. How many products do you see out there that align themselves with you wanting that to have an affinity with you want that outcome you want that to be true for you or it's consistent with with what truth is for you affinity bias something to think about or the opposite of affinity bias is to do what bud light recently has done anyways there's confirmation bias that's another very i'd say common bias when it kind of goes like this when we as consumers we we buy or invest and then after we've made that decision we maybe attempt to confirm that decision to make sure that, yes, what we did was the right decision. Translation, if we're having some maybe even slight buyer's remorse, we aren't quite sure, not quite confident that what we have decided is right, we'll look to support our decisions by finding someone else that we agree with or that we you know think is going to support or confirm our decision that says, yes, that's a good decision, I agree, and we tend to ignore the bad and focus solely on the good just to confirm that we were right. Yeah, I think about different forms of protests and marches. Are those people right about their purpose for their protest? Now, they may be completely wrong, but they have confirmation bias. They're all there walking step and step, hand in hand, kumbaya, and could be like lemmings going right off a cliff. But that's confirmation bias. What about uh, recency bias? That's a pretty strong one. I fall, I fall for this one. Um, it goes... Something like this. It's an inclination to remember what happened most recently without considering the overall performance or experience from the event itself. The translation here is we as people sometimes choose to have short memories and we do it on purpose. Typically, we don't want to remember the bad stuff because it's painful. So we choose not to. It leaves us in a different space, which may not be based in the reality we need it to when we're making very critical decisions that are you know, going to succeed based on facts not any form, variant, or fiction. So how about um, another example? Happens quite a bit when it comes to investments that carry stock market risk. Many investors, as you may recall, lost a lot of money back in 2008. And again, 2022, um, the losses hurt. They always do. It's hard to stomach. But for those who had the discipline to hang in there and let their accounts recoup the losses, they experienced a very nice run-up post-Great Recession and it may have taken four to five years to get even. Now, active management brings up results sooner, I must say. Uh, passive investing, you have to wait for the same index that, that plummeted and plunged to recover to its original height 
and then you've lost time value of money. With active management, you just need to know footnote here. We're leaning in and tilting in towards better positions. The best, good, better. We're avoiding less good and bad on purpose. So we can accelerate the process in two ways. Number one, we can lessen the downside. And number two, we can hasten or bring in sooner, not later, the upside and a better upside net of all costs on purpose. It's just that simple. Anyway, um, even though for some on the major indices it might take them four to five years to get even, um, three to four years after they were pretty good in the recovery, that's when you started to see like it paid well to, to be disciplined and not to fall in any kind of recency bias. If the recency bias is things are all negative, you might sell low just to get out. And if all you remember is how bad it's been, you might be slow to get back in because you just can't shake what's happened to you in recent memory. Over the long term, any chart you look at when it relates to investing and probably even charts of our lives, things smooth out with time. The peaks and the valleys smooth out and they look to be more of a steady incline over time. Wealth is built in capital markets and staying focused and owning good, better, and best stuff and being wise enough through an advisor who works for you and not the company to do that on your behalf. But avoid that recency bias stuff. One more, reality versus perception. And we see this quite often when people kind of conflate their politics with investments. And the perception may be that whoever's in the White House, you know, they don't agree with their politics. And so, you know, everything is negative. 2022, the markets were bad. That's because they didn't think the, the person in the White House did a good job. And therefore, they've just simply killed the stock market. And everything's going to continue to be bad until that person gets out of the office. So true. Just it sounds ridiculous just hearing you say that. And then they kind of almost overlook or forget just to go back to 2021 and say, well, if we're going to blame Biden for 2022, then by that logic, should we give him credit for 2021? It doesn't really, I'd say it doesn't work quite that way. The markets usually don't correlate to who's in the White House, not on a, you know, a micro level. On a macro level, if we look at the overall performance over the past 100 years, it's almost dead even between what the markets have done when Republicans are in the White House versus Democrats are in the White House. So that's when we say, by and large, the markets don't really correlate to that. Very true. Reality versus perception. Life is in between. It's kind of like life is the hash mark, as we've heard on uh, tombstones. Misconception four, income is not a major concern. What? Cash flows everything in retirement. When you're working, putting away money so that you can someday retire, your main focus is probably not income then, but your main focus is probably growth and, and along the way and expansion and building of wealth. But all too often, people jump into retirement with the same mindset. They're still thinking about growing their money. You can do both. You can have a hybrid approach. Again, you shouldn't invest like you died just because you're retired, but you shouldn't be swinging away at the fence because strike three and you're out. Who does that hurt? Uh, we're here to tell you the mindset should be change when you retire. Don't replace holy uh, concepts of money. Blend them. Have a balanced approach. Money that which half your money you don't want to lose. Well, that part we can fully insure. Which part do you want to guarantee check from? Maybe we'll get the right instrument to get you a self-funded pension. Maybe some balance for liquidity in case of emergency. Another part for long-term growth, maybe with some risk over long periods of time. Blend that together, nice balanced plan. That should be the mindset. Seeking shelter? No. Seeking advice from people who know how to help you succeed. This will be your one-off attempt at retirement. You may not get a do-over. We've been seeing thousands of households over the decade and a half or two and have seen what works, what doesn't, 
what's likely and probable and what's not. And we can help you get it right the first time, which may be your only time. Whatever it is, Social Security, pensions, investments, legacy planning, financial planning, income planning, Social Security, and, and pension maximization. All, the whole enchilada. I guess I'm, I'm hungry. Yep. James? Number five, retirement means your life is no longer useful. Now, once in a while, we, we hear this, we you know <laughs> experience this when people are too wrapped up in what their occupation was. This is like saying, who are you versus what do you do or what did you do when you were still working? So when you retire, you should be thinking this as it's a new phase of life that should be exciting, full of new experiences. And this is the time to make the most out of what's important to you. And yes, the transition also should be now also not just retirement, enjoying retirement, but also the legacy planning. Greg, what's number six? What standard of care are financial professionals held to? Ours is a fiduciary duty to put your interests first. All others are lesser standard. Which standard do you deserve? Which would you prefer? The maximum, the maximal. That would be us. And we're holistic. That can help you with all things financial. There's more. There's much more. Our phone number at the office, 513-575-9654. Again, 513-575-9654. Call us. We can help. Now, on behalf of Greg, myself, James, we want to thank you for listening today. Have a great week. Remember this, sound money, where good things are believable, achievable, and true for you. <laughs>